and welcome to episode 182 of Laps Gamer Radio. I am your host this week, Nick Case, and joining me for a rundown of E3 2021 is Adam, Mark, and Chazzy. Hello, hello. gentlemen. Hello. 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 Hoi, hoi. Nice to uh, get the gang back together a little bit. I've uh, not been on a podcast with Adam for a while, have I? No, it feels yeah. like game of the year. Probably, probably game of the year. I was going to say Dungeons and Dragons, and then I realised game of the year happened. So yeah. uh, it's probably in there. But what better time than uh, E3, um, which is a magical time of the year for us gamers, uh, or usually it is anyway. But uh, this year is a little bit the most wonderful time, even more wonderful than Christmas. Um, but this year, what with the uh, global pandemic going on, it's all been a bit different, really. Um, so. We thought we'd shake things up a little bit, uh, and instead of doing a sort of blow-by-blow like we normally do, going through all of the conferences and whatnots going around, uh, because there were so many of them um, going on, lots of little things like uh, Capcom and Take-Two did some random little streams in the middle of it. They don't normally do things like that. Um, We decided it'd be better uh, for everyone to just bring everything they enjoy to the table and we'll just have a really nice happy excited session where we just get really excited about the future of gaming how does that sound guys sure yeah Yeah. sounds lovely (laughs) lovely brilliant so uh here's the rules everyone uh that is on the podcast gets five things that they are really excited about uh i know for at least for adam that was a struggle to get it down to five which is yeah. the positivity we like to see here at Laps Gamer Towers. Yeah, normally the cynic me, but today, Mr. Positivity. <laughs> I don't even think there are any football games, so that's extra impressive. And I was super monkey ball. Yeah, that's yeah. part of the reason monkey ball's in there. <laughs> Although, if it's ball-shaped, Adam will enjoy it. One thing that didn't make my list is the Intellivision Amico thing, and there's a good-looking football game on that, so I'm probably going to buy that <laughs> at some point. Oh dear! I don't think no one's put that on. No one's put that that on their list, right? The the no, thing. But watch the presentation; it's so good. So did I. I watched uh, Giant Bomb talking over yep. it, and I'd kind of like um, it was either Giant Bomb or Next but Next Lander talking over it, and I went off, and I, I'd left YouTube running. I went to go and get some lunch, and then it came back, and it was on, and I was like, "Is this part of the Devolver Digital?" No, because I thought it was own, like a fake it thing. Was their own thing, and it's real. I know, I know it's, I've looked it up, one. I know it's real. Yeah, Tommy Tallarico was presenting it yeah. and getting really excited about things like the yeah. gift cards. You can spike the gift cards on the console to add the credit to the console. Uh, the controllers have got a wheel and a little touchscreen on them. Um, but all the games look like knockoffs. Like They got the original developers of Echo the Dolphin to make a new dolphin game. That's called Dolphin Quest. <laughs> they couldn't oh have picked a more fucking generic rip-off game if they tried. We've, right, lads, we've got the word dolphin. What other word can we tag with it that's completely unique? I know. Quest. Uh, Quest. Origins. There's an exclusive <laughs> like Earthworm the Gym game coming. Earthworm Gym oh, game coming to it. Like, fucking amazing. Earth, Earthworm the Gym. That's how excited I am. I'm adding words. That nearly made my list. If we were to look at runners-up, we spent five minutes talking about the 
in television and Miko just go and watch the video everyone it's bonkers <laughs> anyway Nick go ahead yeah it's alright Adam um, <laughs> so yeah so uh, we're bringing five things to the table that we enjoyed and we're really excited about and then also one thing that we didn't think was as good or the, the, the one bad thing because it's been a different E3 but has it been a good or a bad E3 I don't know We'll find out in the ne- in the next insert length run here. Um, so, Adam, it sounds like you're pumped up and you want to get chatting. So, sure. what what are the things that you enjoyed at E3? Oh, right, I'm doing all five at once. Yeah, let's go okay. for it. First thing, <laughs> I know this is a contentious one amongst some of us. Breath of the Wild two uh, <sighs> looks really cool. Super excited. Yay. It's more Breath of the Wild. There's go out, watch a bunch of... There's so many theories about how you might be playing as Ganondorf and maybe he was the original hero 10,000 years ago and got corrupted and all this stuff. There's so many theories being thrown out there. What we do know is uh, there's kind of some Sky Islands in there now, which maybe explains why they're re-releasing Skyward Sword this year. He's got a cool corrupted arm with some powers... Uh, like including going through surfaces. There's a cool shield with a dragon's face on it that can like throw fire back out at enemies. Just looks really cool. Looks really pretty. Have my doubts that that demo is not complete. Like bull and like some of the lighting looked a bit too advanced. Maybe it's Switch did it look, Pro. I was going to say, did it look almost Switch Pro? Yeah, it makes you wonder, you, right? As long-time listeners of Let's Gamer will know that I am not a Breath of the Wild fan. Um, so I have just ignored Breath of the Wild 2 <laughs> announcements. And I have a feeling as well, I think the Switch Pro is real. Mark, I don't know if you noticed the Mario Golf Treehouse thing when they were showing the controller fig- configurations. There was a picture of a Switch that didn't look like a Switch or a Switch Lite. It looked almost like a Surface because it had like a backflap thing on it, like how this, the magnetic backflap. So that makes me think like, Maybe the Switch Pro does exist, so they just thought we'll not show it off now, but maybe it'll be out in time. I mean, keep meaning to take a screenshot of that thing and post it on our Twitter and see if anyone. Yeah, else I, I, it. I didn't notice it when I watched the Treehouse. I've, uh, I did. I did see. Uh, was it Jason Schreier was talking about how he thought some of the screenshots, or some of the, the clips from the Mario and Rabbids yeah. gameplay stuff, didn't look like it was running on a Switch, but. I mean that mm, game's yeah. fairly early in development, so I, I don't think it's running on a Switch anyway. No. It's probably just yeah, running on yeah. PCs at the moment. But um, I did hear a rumor that Nintendo were um, well. There's 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 two, there's two competing rumors that I've heard. One is like Nintendo are working on a Switch um, a Pro, but completely opposite to um, graphics card manufacturers they feel it's tone deaf to try and release a new hardware revision mm, when right they now, can't get yes. chips at the moment yeah. Yeah. Uh, other one was they decided not to um to announce it despite all the people who said they were going to announce it <laughs> which seems I mean, like a very nintendo thing to do but it's also not nintendo because nintendo don't understand the internet famously 
No, like, they don't understand they, people. Their fucking stream. Did you the, like the announcement came out from before their stream came out saying you are not allowed to co-stream yes. their stream, their, their the Nintendo yeah. Direct. And so, Which, like, some people just said, "Fuck it, we're going to do it anyway." Giant Bomb talked over it, and a few other people did it. Twitch Gaming themselves said, "Fine, well, we just we won't we won't broadcast yeah, it." Yeah, because if you won't mm. let partners stream it, we're not going to let we're not going to stream it ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then I guess some channels like mark their videos private so they could still do it. Some I guess did the talking over thing and then uploaded it after the fact. And then headline came out that Nintendo was the most watched stream of E3, and it's like no shit because you wouldn't let anybody stream it. Like, yeah, of course it was the most watched video because people weren't watching it, watching yeah. their favorite like it's influencers or their Patreon eyeballs. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, hmm. it's just hmm. <sighs> anyway. Back to positive <laughs> things, guys. Next yeah. on we my like list. positive. Um, just uh, quickly to address your theory about uh, you playing as Ganondorf yeah. in um, uh, Breath of the Wild 2, I can confirm you, you, you're you not because we saw Kazuya Mishima throw him off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes, that is true. He's dead in the lava. That is very lava. true. He's dead. As is the, the character from ARMS, as is the guy from Fa- Falcon from... Um, F-Zero. Uh, from F Zero, uh, Kirby survived. Of course, Kirby's um, a legend. Yeah, yeah. So many other deaths, though. Unfortunately, pull one out for our boys. Yeah. Uh, next thing on my list is a game that doesn't need a Switch Pro. It's WarioWare. So excited. <laughs> Bloody love WarioWare games. They're bonkers. Yeah. Uh, the Wii U one wasn't quite up to scratch. I think it was called Wario Game and Watch or something. I can't remember. It wasn't yeah. quite as good. So really excited to see that they've had. Looks like it's got all the single-player stuff. Uh, the difference here is you can play as the different characters in the series. Like, it has all those, like, 8-volt and stuff are different characters, and you can play as them, and they kind of affect how the minigames play. It's got co-op as well, which looks really cool. Um, that's how in, like, September or something, which is cool. <laughs> Next thing is... This is a game I was not... Not a franchise I'd heard of, or a developer or anything I'd heard of. This is uh, Atomic Heart, which is kind of an immersive sim action role-playing FPS set in um, Soviet Union and alternate reality. But this one was... Is this the one that looked like it was crazy on acid type? So it was... Yeah. It was at the Xbox press conference and it had like a Eurotrans background. Yeah, Yeah, like when acid was a big thing and that took off, this was the sort of music people were listening to in clubs for sure um (laughs) and it's just like crazy like using like normal items as like combat which we've seen in games before and stuff seems to have cool crafting and like hacking mechanics and like robots that seem to be made from like household objects and crap but yeah i don't know if it's gonna live up to that russian fallout basically yeah it just looks so good um the makeshift weapon things looked really cool like it's kind of like Dead Rising would be a good example. Um, and it's another one of those that is going to be on Game Pass when it releases whenever the hell that is. Sometime this year. I don't think it got a date. Or maybe it was next year. Um, that leads me nicely into my next thing, which was Game Pass. Uh, is continues to be the best thing ever. Like I feel like we've got past the point of praising things for being on Game Pass. But it's still super cool that, like, they come, they show, like, 17 new games that are on Game Pass. Like, I have this list up, like, 
there was a huge Bethesda drop of games again that are on Game Pass. It's like amazing. Here's all the and then they, there's like a really cool graphic that has uh, 15 games that you're going to be able to play on Game Pass this year, day one. Yeah, and then mm. like another like 10 or so games yeah. that are coming day one in the future. So like they announced Out- Outer Wilds two, Party Animals, Replaced, Starfield. Um, Stalker 2, Somerville, Atomic Heart, I the mentioned. The new Arcane. Uh, yep, the new Arcane yeah. game, whatever the hell that was called. Uh, Redfall, right? Redfall, Redfall yeah. that was it, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and there's so many, like, they're committing to a first-party game, like, every three, a big first-party release every three months, but then, like, for the rest of this year, I think there's major game out every month. So it's, like, Psychonauts 2, Forza, Halo... Uh, oh, Back for Blood, the like Left for Dead spiritual successor, the Ascent's yeah. coming out. Uh, the Gunk is still meant to be out this year, even though they didn't show it. Flight Simulator is coming to Xbox. It's just like yeah, it continues to be like the insane best value for money. Yeah, like yeah. sure, it's yeah. not a big. Deal. I mean, sure, it's. I mean, Nick, I think you've said before, it's not a big deal when they say everything you're seeing today is coming to Game Pass because it's become expected, but it still doesn't mean that it doesn't carry on being like the best thing ever yeah hold some kind of yeah i mean yeah i mean if you've got a pc or an xbox you're stupid not to have game pass really yeah Um, totally but you'd be surprised how many people do and i just don't get it yeah i mean i i didn't have it for a while when they put the price up Mm -hmm. uh for the piece because the pc one was like a pound a month or something when it was originally out and then i kind of like had a little fake boycott for a bit and they pulled me back in when EA Play was announced for it. So uh, that yeah. was all good. Uh, but it's just, it's. I think the PC version is £8 a month and for the amount of games that I've played on Game Pass for that, it's yeah. each game is a, probably works out at being about £3 yeah. or something. When it's you, only a couple it's of crazy. quid more. It's, uh, it's only a couple of quid more to upgrade to um, Game Pass Ultimate and then you get... Yeah, is that yeah, 16, access. isn't it, or something? 15, 16 a month? Uh, 10.99. 10.99? I thought it was yeah, more than that. 11 quid, yeah. yeah it's 10, oh, is that 10, the one with game it's basically 100 for gold? The year, 100 and something for the year. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, that's the one, that's Game Pass Ultimate, so that covers your uh, Game Pass, your EA Access, and your Cloud Play, if you have it. But it also covers Game Pass and Xbox Live, if you yeah. have a Xbox as well. So yeah, it's like I've, incredible... got piece, I've got the PC one that's got the EA... But I've not got an Xbox, so there's no yeah. point in me upgrading to the Ultimate. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. You do get cool extras of Ultimate, like random DLC for games and stuff. Like, you keep getting Apex skins and stuff. And it's an extra thing that you just you don't need, but it's cool. Um, then the last thing on yeah. my excited list, good list, is Monkey Ball. They finally did the thing that everyone just Ooh. wanted them to do. Is re-release the first Monkey Balls yeah. instead um, of making shit new ones? Yeah, like just yeah. re-release the good ones. <laughs> like, what was the last? Res them up. Yeah, exactly. Like they read, they did a uh, banana blitz. I think was the la- I can't remember. They did the last the, one was bad. They did the last one, which had a whole had a whole host of classic levels and classic mini games. But they changed like Monkey Target doesn't need changing. Is both Monkey Ball one and two. Both different versions of Monkey Target. Amazing. Don't change them. The level designs and like adding jump buttons and stuff. None of that crap was needed. Just re-release them all over it. It's not full price. It's like, I don't know about over there, but here I think it's $30 cheaper than full prices. So it's like for the classic 
monkey ball games that we all know and love i'm all over that i'll use my gamecube adapter um for my switch and play it that way because then you've got the little uh, directional nubs on the analog stick all over it bloody mm. love monkey ball and it's got a football game so you know what i'll be yeah doing super monkey that. ball deluxe is um outside of pro evo uh, is the game <laughs> i think i played the most when i was at uni um, yeah, because there was just it was, and I didn't barely touch the single player. It was always the multiplayer games like uh, baseball, bowling, monkey target, monkey football. Um, just like the most ridiculous collection of multiplayer mini games, and they were all fantastic. Yeah, we played a lot of monkey target around drinking games, yeah. and like I, there were some people on our corridor in halls that just did not get it and weren't in on the fun. They were just like what is this fucking dumb monkey game you're playing? But oh, we had so much fun playing it. And like assi- assigning drinks when you land on certain things and what have you. So much fun. And it comes from like an era of Sega games that I feel like we're never going to get back. Yes. When like Sky just, games, right? Yeah. Just yeah. experiment on crazy stuff. Mm. All right. So that was my mm. good. Am I going straight into my bad now, Nick? Let, let's have the bad in with the good, yeah, so so then we can at least okay. feel a bit more positive. So it's not end. just a deluge at the end. <laughs> My yeah. thing is Jeff Keighley pretending like he invented E3. So at the end of his presentation, he's like, thank you everyone to all our sponsors and all the developers for having faith in me to present to you for the... F- uh, this great festival of games that we've never seen before. And it's like, fuck you. <laughs> we see this every year. <laughs> E3 has existed for 20-something years. There's nothing, no festival of games that we've never seen before. And then to cap it all off at the end, he had the cheek to claim presentations that were nothing to do with Summer Game Fest. He was like, don't forget, guys, to tune in because we've got Microsoft Square Enix and all these. They had nothing to do with Summer Game Fest. Some of them were part of the No, E3. basically what he does is he's cheeky, right? And what he does is he is he, he like basically talks over those conferences. So essentially what he's saying yeah. is, is Summer Game Fest is my thing and whatever I cover... Yeah, you know, like it's and it's all just streaming the on the Game, Game Awards YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah, so he did. He said, and the thing that's annoying though, E3 essentially made Jeff Keighley. Like back in the day, game trailers were one of the first people that got a bunch of people. Like he would have Michael Pactor, that an analyst. He had mm. Guy Crawl and stuff, and they Jeff Gersman <clears throat> used to go on and they do those studio shows before each press mm. conference. And he now has the mm. cheek to be like, nah, screw E3. I'm the face of video games. And well, I just hate it. My, um, well, he was on G4. Yeah, G4, G4 yeah, it, yeah, and game trailers and stuff, yeah. So, essentially, he's the only legitimate... Uh, well, he's like, not, though, because there were other people at G4. The there, were other, there were other people like on Adam G4. Sessler and I don't, and, stuff, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, was, yeah. I never understood his meteoric rise... Um, instead of someone like Adam Sessler, who I always thought was way better yeah, at presenting. Now, yeah, and he's just bumbled from like thing to thing, Adam Sessler, it feels he, like. And now yeah, he's back he's in G4 had a, now. Yeah, I, I, the fact that Adam Sessler just kind of bounced around the place and never really found like a proper home makes me quite, quite sad because I really like Adam Sessler. Yeah. But yeah, I just really find really Jeff Keighley really unlikable. Unlikable. Uh, he can't argue yeah. again about his his enthusiasm. No. Um, for, for his job. He's very enthusiastic about his job. Still don't like the guy. And I don't get what it... I. He talks so much... Yeah, he has enthusiasm for the job and he talks so much about 
being here for the good of the industry and to celebrate games. Yet he puts himself front and center of everything. Like, have some other up-and-coming streamers helping you, but he doesn't really, like, even the Game Awards, it's pretty much him giving out every award. They have backstage things where, like, I don't know, like, Andrew Renee was on it one year, I think, doing, like, hey, congrats, but it's always about him and personally thanking people for, like, letting him be involved. Like, I can't wait to go around all all the developers I'm friends with. Like, fuck you, Jeff Keighley. Fuck you. Mm. Like I just the, the moment it, it it broke for me was the Game Awards a few years ago when um, Hideo Kojima couldn't be there to accept yes. the award for for Metal Gear Solid. Uh. It didn't didn't deserve the award in the first fucking place. But anyway, um, and then like yeah, and then he's like he's just playing up to the audience and whatnot. And, and, and that was the point. Where I was just like no. This this is a circus. This isn't a serious. He's he not just, a serious games critic or journalist. He is a PR man, and that's it. He sees ev- everything as an opportunity to advance his career, and by career, I essentially mean paycheck. Do you remember um, the yeah. infamous Rab Florence article in Eurogamer about Jeff Keighley oh. and a few other people? Um, it was the it was the uh, article that got Rab Florence fired from Eurogamer. Because he wrote an article that was rather critical. The the the, the picture on for the article was Jeff, a rather sad looking Jeff Keeley sat there with like a halo thing behind him, flanked with like Doritos, Doritos and Mountain Dew. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, he wrote a rather scathing article about the 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 rather cozy relationship between some journalists and um, the games publishers essentially and, and other you know aspects well, of that business he yeah. he was always in with like valve wasn't he he yep. back in the day he did that he was there when they released half-life one i i seem to remember it's just all i can think is that he must have some some very dodgy pictures of some very influential people in the publishing world well he's just found himself a niche hasn't he he's established himself yeah. as the as mr video games he is the guy to go to for for video games coverage and for some reason, he's managed to hang on to that little yeah. niche for years. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, I can understand someone maybe giving him a job for the first time, being like, oh, yeah, see if you can run with it. But to hang on to that for the best part of 20 years, Putting it's just how... on for a second. It's, very, it's a very easy win for a, for a company, for a PR team, for whoever to attach themselves to someone who has reach. And you see, this contacts. is where I start to think he's like the, the worst of this, but there's more and more of it coming up. And well, you have got to, to remember, start to right? call, Like Greg Miller presents a whole bunch of stuff. It's no oh, fucking... So, I hated Greg Miller anyway, <laughs> and then he starts presenting... Uh, uh, starts presenting an entire like it was EA, wasn't it? The like, the other year, last year, and then this year, I think he did the three stage bits he was doing. Yeah, and then, but they're all I like Paris Lilly, who has his own Xbox podcast, and he's on the kind of funny one. Yeah. He did the extended showcase the today. Tonight, so then it's yeah. like, how can I trust anything? Like you're obviously an Xbox fan anyway, but now it's like now you're shrilling yourself out for these gigs doing this stuff how can i trust anything you guys Mm. any of you say and jeff keely's just the worst of it and then it's it's, how do you make money this is a sycophant but like the the reason the game awards wasn't was set up is that basically he he had left g as as far as i remember it he'd left g4 
he had nowhere else to go and realised that basically between E3 and the rest of the year there was nothing. So what he decided was is why does why doesn't gaming have an Oscars? I'll set it up using my G4 contacts and using my TV contacts, sell that show to another um, TV company, and I'll make my money that way. And plus, if I can establish it like the Oscars and it becomes a big thing, I'm going to get money from the marketers, I'm going to get money from the TV companies, and basically I'm set. And that's what he's done with the Game Awards. The Game Awards is set around Christmas because he knows he's going to get eyes. And what ended up happening was he's basically t- the TV money went sh- down the toilet and he just pivoted straight to streaming. He was getting a lot more eyeballs. But in that, he can then target that to a lot more um, like team, like marketing mm. like marketing dollars. Do you, reckon, um, do you reckon it upsets him that his prestigious video game awards will always be viewed as the equivalent of the MTV Movie Awards and the only video game awards that people actually care about is the BAFTAs. Yeah, well, this is the thing, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and that's the problem. Right. He was trying to establish... He tried to establish the game awards as the thing and then basically mm. the problem was it's so American. <laughs> the problem is, is that there's a real disconnect between the American idea of what gaming is in a marketing sense and the rest of the world's idea of what uh, like gaming is in a marketing sense like everything in america is about big trailers and you know showing stuff off at a big show and it all being razzmatazz and being like the super bowl whereas Hmm. kind of outside of the u.s everything is a little bit more subtle and a little bit more like uh, well, I, I don't. There shouldn't be a place for trailers at a video game awards show this is anyway. What, this is it, right? So you imagine a look if the, the Oscars did it. Yeah, they well, don't show trailers it, right? at the Oscars. And this is and this is the thing, right? But the Oscars doesn't make money, right? He's in it about I've got to make money to keep this thing rolling. So therefore, yep. that's why why that, that's why there are so many trailers. That's why there's so many world exclusives, right? It's did you watch much of um, the Coliseum? back when E3 was a physical thing. Like the last two years of no. actual live E3, there was like the the Coliseum thing. But when they had like pub members of the public being able to go in and it was like a mm. big auditorium with a stage show and Jeff yeah, Keener was there yeah, and he was interviewing yeah. industry people today. Kind the of interviews what just, with their stage and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but Jeff Keighley is just not a very good interviewer. No, that's the other all. thing about him putting himself out in front of He mumbles through his words. He's never... Asks good questions or anything. It's just like he yeah. never fully opens his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> anyway, suffice yeah, to say, anyway, I ain't a fan of Jeff Keighley. I hope that I hope E three comes back with a bang next year. Physical. Just, uh, just, oh, I'll I fucking like go. I'll just, buy a ticket. I'll go there just to spite to him. That he's got the two games. That he, he, he can smell a, He can smell the blood in the water of E three going down the pan. He can set up his Summer Games Fest as the new E3 that kind of, you know, is, is a lot more um, well-positioned for doing stuff online, blah, 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 mm. blah. So he can make money on that end in the summer and then he can make money in the winter on his Game Awards and he, he's set for life, basically. I mean, it's stranger things have happened. If you can set up multiple expos in various different places around the world based on a fucking web cartoon like yeah. PAX does, then sure, why not? Oh, exactly. so. What's PAX based on? 
Penny Arcade. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Ah, it's the Penny Arcade Expo. Huh. Yeah. It's but a webcomic. I guess uh, Rooster Teeth conventions now as well, don't they? Oh, God. Yeah, but yeah. I know now they're the like some <laughs> major conglomerate mm. internet web yeah. thing. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So five so minutes Adam, of hate. I didn't realise so my hatred for not Jeff a... Keighley would quite <laughs> erupt into that, but thank you. For humor and I think we all so share basically, it. Adam, not a fan of Jeff Keighley. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. Chazzy. Hello. That's me. Bring us on to some lighter stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna run in reverse order because I I'm gonna do it five to one as opposed to one to five. But um, at number five, I've got Marianne Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. So Marianne Rabbids is probably the greatest, most fun game you can pick up on the Switch at the moment. And there's a sequel, and I can't wait. It's gonna be amazing, and it looks like they've made some really amazing little. Um, looks like they're tweaking the gameplay quite heavily. So it looks like. From what they're abandoning the grid system. This is it. They're abandoning the grid system. So how does that work? What is that about? Why have they done that? Like, are they trying to make it? They're obviously trying to make it more dynamic because it was very much like, well, if you've played XCOM, then you'll be all right at Mario and Rabbit. So I'm hoping this really does shake the formula up and kind of make it a slightly its own thing. Even though it was, you know, admittedly, like it was just whacking in a load of like Nintendo characters and. And Crazy Rabbids hybrids was, you know, definitely sort of differentiated it from the rest of the uh, rest of the tactics games out there. But yeah, this one I've got, a, I've just got a feeling in me in my bones that this is going to really kind of really iterate on what on what they've done previously and and take it on to somewhere different and somewhere exciting. So yeah, really looking forward to that. Cannot wait. Um, then we've got next up is Metal Slug Tactics so staying on the tactics theme this is something I was not expecting at all and just seeing it in the flesh sort of running those those beautiful animations that you get in the Metal Slug games tra- I just thought oh that's perfect when I saw it running on these isometric boards of you know different levels and stuff and you think oh no this has got so much personality this is a game I can see me just really getting stuck into Again, on Switch at some point, yeah. you know, just for months and months really and months fun. and keep dipping back back into it. it just looks like so much fun. The it's only like roguelike elements, three. apparently. Yeah, yeah, roguelike elements on it. And yeah, it's just like all the different characters and stuff. And they, they just sort of translate perfectly. So I'm hoping this is a bit of a, a bit like Gears Tactics. Like it's going to just sudden, just work perfectly with the IP. But um, the only issue I've really got is obviously who owns SNK now. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's the it's the guy in the, in the Middle East who's basically been killing journalists. So that's the only thing that kind of gives. Oh, um, uh, oh, uh, Prince um, Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah, basically he has yeah. a control. Crown Stockton Prince of Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Yeah. Really? So um, yes. Yeah. So unfortunately. Even though it's a game I, you know, mm. I, I would like to play, it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, do I, do I really want to give that guy my money? So um, yeah, conflicted about this, conflicted. But on the face of it, the game looks incredible. So um, yeah, bang up for that. Uh, number three, and this will make 
Adam Laugh is all the squad-based shooters that were released. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to A3 crunch my year. list down, and here's you, we just put all of the squad-based shooters. All of them. All of the squad-based shooters, because they're all the same, just with different flavours, basically. It's like, they're all ice cream, but, but this one's pistachio, and this one's vanilla. But yeah, Rainbow Six Extraction, Back for Blood, Redfall, um... Others that I can't remember, but there were far too many to mention. But yeah, I do love a squad-based shooter. And um, out of all of those... You're going to be shorter than are you? No, exactly. Uh, out of all of those, Rainbow Six um, really did uh, did get excited for that because it's essentially they've just taken Terrorist Hunt and given it a reason. Well, there no, was a mode that they had a while, uh, which is basically this, is basically Extraction, yeah. um, that was a rather... Like hastily put together a special mode that was available for about a month or so, right. um, and then they've just basically spun that into a full game. Uh, and I have to say, it's a well, I hate to say it, it's it's not like a, what you'd think it would be like a thirty forty pound release. It's a full yeah. 70, 60, 70 quid. But here's the thing: they have to get release. people off Rainbow Six at some point, right? Because new people yeah. are going to jump on board that, so because it's so is, inaccessible. This is only it. co-op, as far as I can tell. This isn't the multiplayer. Uh, okay. No, it's, it's three-player co-op. That's yeah, three it. Co-op. Just three-player co-op. So this it's is just PvE, the one mode. It's not PvP. Yeah. No. So it's oh, less yeah. of a game than um, than Rainbow Six Siege. Oh. Uh, it uses the same characters as Rainbow Six Siege. Are the same operators, uh, and they're charging full price for it, which is a little bit disappointing. Mm. Oh, yeah, what do you think? Um, what do you think there was more of at E3 this year? Squad-based shooters, team like squad-based Left 4 Dead-style mm. shooters, or vampire games? <laughs> there are a lot of vampire games as well, but there, w- yeah. there was a lot of vampire games. Well, yeah, both the Vampire Masquerade games you had, what Redfall? Yeah, two of them, two Vampire Masquerade games. <laughs> I know. Crazy. So well, what's Warhammer. happening is yeah, zombies yeah, are going out. Yeah. Zombies are going out and vampires are in. Apart because... from um uh whatchamacallit? Uh oh shit. The first person parkour zombie game. It's Dying Light coming out. Dying, Dying Light. Then that's yeah. the only zombie game left. Did we did we see that though? We didn't no, see that. Uh, there, was there was something. Th- yes, on. we did. They released something. Oh, was there? Yeah, yeah. I'll come on to that. Don't worry. Okay, okay. But yeah, I won't for, get ahead of myself. Bat for Blood, obviously, just because of the lineage, looks incredible. Yeah, of, so know, good. Total rock. The only the only thing with that is is that obviously they've got to nail it because Redfall looks incredible. And that could eat, eat its lunch, as it were. The problem and, is, um, do they need to nail it that well? Because um, Back for Blood is out this year, and Redfall mm. won't be out for well, two this years. Is it, and it's also on Game Pass, right? So yeah, like, both yeah. on Game Pass. Oh, is Redfall not both on Game Pass? Um, is Redfall like not twenty twenty two? Yeah, it's twenty twenty two. I think. But I, I just yeah, think end of twenty twenty two. But a lot uh, of people sure. will play okay. back, back for Blood for a bit, and then just it's like eighteen ditch months. It for, ditch it for the next one, right? But Don't Red forget, Ford, at some right? point this year, we've also got the um, Left 4 Dead style game, but set in the Aliens universe as well. I didn't yeah. see that anywhere during E3. Um, I, I read an article somewhere it. about it. There was something, a trailer or something, maybe? It might have been on like, the PC thing, which I didn't see, unfortunately. Yeah, it is called so. Fireteam, isn't it? Yeah, Aliens, Aliens Fireteam. Fire yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a trailer that came out during somewhere. Ooh, I shall watch that then. Yeah. 
Lovely. Like customization stuff, enemy types. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, Redfall looks like I know it was only a CGI trailer, but I just love the attitude and the whole kind of Yeah, it looks just, really cool. Arcane, man. Yeah, I, I love I just, Arcane's character design. And, and, like, like, you... and, and I'm excited about an Arcane game, which is so strange. So um, yeah, the problem well, they've the made problem that I They've made what, four games and only one of them was a bit rough. Yeah, mm. I've just they've never really really clicked with me like any of those oh, games. I but that, love this one, yeah, but this one looks like it could be because it. I don't know. Yeah, it just look just caught me. I think C- CGI trailers for me have just got to the point where I just don't get excited for CGI no, trailers now no. because you don't get you contraband. don't get a feel of. Did you see that one? Yeah, it was like, yeah, the Avalanche I, Studio. I have absolutely no idea what that game is about. Or what it is, or what it does, or what you do in it's it. It's Chazzy, Chazzy. Yeah. It's about contraband. It was a fucking <laughs> pointless trailer that I guarantee would have cost a hell of a lot of money to 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 to, to make because they had to it, license a fucking Steely Dan song for it. I mean, it's a good song. You know song. what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the first Uncharted trailer. Uh, when the PlayStation Three was first unveiled, there was a very similar Uncharted trailer that was completely CGI eventually had nothing to do with the game yeah but it had the a very similar feel i'll dig it out and, and share it after this yeah, so definitely. you can see but it, really, it wasn't it, the um, it was like we have an idea but we don't really know what it is so we'll just put like some shiny to shit together afterwards that i've been I've, I've sort of found out that it's apparently some kind of like heist game in the just cause engine that's it that's all i know Okay, that's probably all right. the developers know as well. Yeah, so yeah, that's it. But yeah, no, I just thought I was crazy that contraband. I just couldn't get my head around it. Um, um, speaking of pointless con- trailers, but I completely forgot we didn't mention when we were talking about Jeff Keighley's Circle Jerk um, <laughs> was the <laughs> most pointless jerk. trailer of anything uh, over the entire weekend of E3. Um, are any of you guys familiar with the Napalm Death song "You Suffer"? No. no, I can insert it here because it's 1.316 seconds long. Um, and there was a trailer in the middle of Jeff Keighley's uh, thing that was almost as short as You Suffer by Napalm Death, introducing a new character in oh. um, Valorant. Yes, and it literally just showed it like was a the most mass. pointless trailer. Yeah, it was like two seconds long. And then he tried to feign excitement again. Yeah, he said, and then he'd come back and he's like, "Well, I told you it was a short one. Why I'm fucking really show it?" To plan as that character, you didn't even see the character. Yeah, it was so dumb. <laughs> it was. It was. Oh god. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to de- nice. derail you. No worries. So yeah, all the, all the shooters. That's what I'm looking forward to. And then, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to number two. Number two for me is Phantom Abyss. Uh, this was in the Devolver uh, presentation. This was everywhere. They played yeah. this this trailer like five or six times over the weekend. But I just love mm-hmm. the idea of the fact that it looks like a first-person sort of temple run game uh, where you've got to sort of run your way through all these kinds of different crazy traps and stuff in, in some kind of like, I don't know, Mayan temple. But um, the whole idea of it I is that... This ga- oh, the, no, the I lev- saw this game. Yeah, so basically the um, the levels are sort of almost procedurally generated and then you see everyone who has attempted to complete the level in one run, you see their kind of ghosts like you would do in, say, like Dark Souls or something. 
Yeah. But as soon as you complete the run, that level disappears and another one gets generated. As soon as so anyone who, completes that, that so jump yeah, anyone, yeah. So it's all as, uh, asynchronous. Am I right in saying that? So yeah, yeah. basically, mm-hmm. there's like different configurations, and, and as soon as yeah. someone completes that particular configuration of the dungeon, then it's not you can't access. No one can access it again, and no it reconfigures. It yeah, and it reconfigures, and then you play the next one. Yeah, and it just looks utterly bonkers, uh, and I'm well up. For there's a little bit of way. a um, uh, oh, shit mirror's edge about it. Yes, very much for uh, some mirror's edge about it. But you have a um, yeah, you have like a whip, like as Indiana well, so Jones sort of, mirror's edge. Yeah, yeah, it just it just looks incredible. It's just like so much fun, and that that just that idea mm. of like at any moment you could like wipe out your run, or you could be the one guy who completes it and ditches the level for everyone. So yeah, yeah, that just looked brilliant to me, and I'm yeah properly looking forward to that coming out. Um, and yeah, then the last good. one from yeah, and then the last one for me is Stalker 2. Mm. Um, I've always wanted to play the Stalker games, and I kind of... I, I own it, and I have tried to play it, but um, I just can't get past the graphics, um, unfortunately. Um, but right, you just got to mod the fuck out of them. It's fine. This is it. This is it. <laughs> just load up all the mods load, until the computer load crashes. Load it up until the computer grinds to a halt. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, but basically, this is my. I really wanted to play this on PC, but now I've got a lovely shiny console that's going to make it look even better, and hopefully, it's going to have all the kind of crazy systems that Stalker One had. Where like, have you ever heard about like you could give a random NPC an item, and it, then in the background, everyone interacts with all the NPCs interact with each other, so that item can then get passed around between all the different NPCs. So, like, you could be playing it for, mm. I don't know, hours and hours and hours and hours, and then, you know, the hat you've given that. the NPC at the start of the game, they try and sell it back to you for, like, X amount and all this kind oh. of stuff. Yeah, it's just, like, all these mad sort of... Um, all these mad systems that seem to come together. So I'm hoping with the power of the new consoles, you know, all the kind of... Um, yeah, all the, the power kind of, of like, the cloud, the power you mean. of the cloud, and all that kind of stuff. That, yeah, <laughs> backed up with the fact that it just looks absolutely like it looks like a rad wasteland game where you get to like burst into dens and stuff and rob people. Did you see? Um, I can't remember if it was on the Jeff Keighley thing or the um, was it Gorilla Games or something. Uh, but did you see Chernobylite? No. Chernobylite. Yes, it, it reminded me of Stalker for obvious reasons because it's saying mm. like Russia wasteland. But that looked pretty decent from what I saw, and it's like an indie type of game. Take on it. Um, yeah, pretty much. It's nice. it's been in development for a f- quite a few years now, but it it doesn't look indie. It looks kind of like um, a Sobo type, like Double A. Yeah, yeah. It um, looks like a Escape from Tarkov sort of. Like. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh wow. It it looks pretty intriguing. I check it out if you're interested in Stalker. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, just and then the, yeah, the last thing that really got me going was just like obviously you saw the combat and that was all great and it was kind of good stuff. But it was the writing while they're all sat around in the um, you know sat around a campfire having a chat to each other. And I thought, right, if this is the level of the writing that's going to be in the whole game, then yeah, I'm I'm well up for playing this. So yeah, it's just that's that's the one that just I don't know just stuck with me. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing when that comes out. Like, mm. so that's that's it. That's my number one. But um, getting onto what, getting onto the onto the bad the bad egg. 
Uh, <laughs> I did say this guys to you in, in the Discord, but, uh, you know, it, and I, I can actually add to that now, is that Capcom, why did you even bother putting out that presentation? It yeah, was the yeah. mu- it was genuinely one of the weirdest presentation presentations that I've ever I've ever seen. Like, apparently, like, they made gone. it. Uh, apparently, they made it clear in advance that it was only going to be sh- games that were already out or were coming out very soon. Um, but they obviously did not make that clear enough because I saw people all over Twitter being like, "Oh man, I wonder if they're going to announce like a new Dino Crisis or something." Yeah, like I that. saw Lost Planet I, I being kind of, handed out there. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I do it have was... ca- some kind of sympathy for them with that one because gamers are gonna game on the internet like they are they are gonna be disappointed at anything even if 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 there was a big banner at the front that said right. we will not be announcing any games people I'm not will still expect t- some I'm kind not, of announcement i haven't yeah. been all over twitter i haven't really been like you know getting into the full hype of it all so mm. i didn't know so i'm just oh i know the capcom events on and also the bandai namco one as well that was just utterly. Oh, I didn't even bother think, with that one. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like you, you log in and then you go, oh, right. So you're telling me about Resident Evil Village that's already out. <laughs> you know, you're telling me about a load of DLC, all, and then you shut the stream down. It's like honestly, it almost reminded me. Have you guys ever been to any of the like the talks that happen at EGX? Yes. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of one of those. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Where you're not going to get anything special, really. You're just going to get information that they've already released. Just you get to yeah. see oh, it actually, with other people. That's one of the, the only one I've ever been to uh, mm. at EGX was uh, a couple of members of 65 Days of Static talking about how they wrote a procedural soundtrack for No Man's Sky. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Adam's <laughs> <laughs> having a little party in the background. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a side. But yeah, I, I, get, well, I get what you're trying to say. That sounds more interesting. Uh, I, yeah. I went to a uh, Hitman one. Uh, oh, shit, no, I went to the Hitman one as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a waste of time. And I also went to an Atlas one where they talked about the, the re-release of Catherine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah, sometimes you just think, guys, you're better off just saving your money and like you've probably mm. done more harm to your rep by having that conference. Like, I know you, everyone in, in your corporate somewhere saying, no, 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 you really got to be part of E3. But well, I guess it was like... You know, less is more, right? It was there, what they were trying, it felt like they were trying to do like a Nintendo Direct kind of thing, um, mm. but not like an E3 Last Nintendo Direct, like a, here's a, um, here's a, you know, like when they when Nintendo will put out like a, here's a Nintendo Direct that'll talk a little bit about stuff that's coming out in Monster Hunter Rise and then a little bit about stuff that's coming out in Monster Hunter Stories 2. Yeah. Like, just a little direct like that. that not, an, not an E3 Direct, but they're doing in, a, like yeah, they're like, it's, it's the middle of E3 and they're like, hey guys, I bet you can't wait for uh, update 3.1 of the game that came out at the end of March. Um, and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, it was bad. It was, it was, it was really like, bad. We have got nothing. You might as well have just, the, the most damning part is if you actually go and look at their E3 conference on YouTube, they've actually left in the countdown to the stream starting. Yeah. And that is longer. Yeah, so you can get hype for all over again. <laughs> yeah, but that, that countdown is longer than the presentation itself. Fucking brilliant. You completely missed out the um, 
the second half of their conference, which was like the esports thing. Guys, did you know that people are going to be playing uh, Street Fighter? Yeah. Oh, yeah, do you know Street Fighter is like a competitive yeah, apparently, game that you can play? Apparently Street Fighter is a competitive game yeah, that you can play, and it has a kind of eSports element to it. I had no idea. <laughs> I know, hmm. it's absolutely baffling. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I, couldn't, I just thought Street Fighter was something to sell T-shirts and small plastic yeah. models. I thought it was a movie. You know, <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. But, you know, what do I know? But so, yeah, that was it. Capcom and Bandai Namco, please just don't bother next time. <laughs> that is... That is it. That is my entire contribution. I, you know, I concede the floor. Um, all right. I'll do mine. Is it is me next, right? Yep. Professional as ever. Um, I'll do mine in reverse order as well. Then. So, um, my uh, these are in no particular numerical order anyway. I just put them down in just as I remembered them. But yeah. Uh, first one we we'll talk about is a little game that popped up in the middle of the Devolver Digital. Um. Uh, presentation Devolver Digital's presentations have it started out being a really funny joke and it's kind of like gotten it's not like the same joke every time but it's like a very you, you know to expect a very particular type of humour and for this year it just didn't quite hit for me it was like hey we're we're doing a a um uh whole thing about devolver's got a devolver digital have got a um game pass type thing um so but it's completely free it's all about but all the games mo- are like premium purchases and purchasing in well no it was, it was about space, um no it was about uh like having a like a, a, a subscription service yeah um, but the subscription service is free, and then all the games are premium purchases on top of the subscription service. It's a bit silly. Um, Hilarious. And then they made, and then they made a kind of dr- dr- really, really awkward joke about NFTs about three months too late um, at the end of the conference. But in between all that stuff which fell flat for me this year and in the past I thought was was laugh out loud hilarious when they actually had when they were actually doing presentations not live but pre-recorded from the what they called the Dave Lang Memorial Theatre that stuff <laughs> was great this time didn't find it great but the games they showed were really good all look really good and there was one in particular that that like um, caught my eye and it was a game called Trek to Yomi I've never heard of the developers before but it's like um, a side-scrolling action platformer sort of thing set in feudal japan um and it got huge kurosawa vibes to it but the thing that really caught my eye was that i don't know if it's stop motion or if it's just the way that it's animated but it really really looked like um not only like the way that the character the characters like hair moved and things like that and some of the the way the shots were put together it looked like wes anderson's Mm. stop motion films like it looked loads like isle of dogs in certain mm. certain um, areas, and I am fully on board for that. That game looks gorgeous. Um, next one is uh, another little indie game, um, a game called Replaced, again by a developer I've never heard of before. It's like a gorgeous 2D, uh, well, 2D characters on like a sort of pixelated 3D environments. Um, kind of, of another world out of this world. Um, yeah, uh, flashback, that sort of thing. Um, but in like a cyberpunk future, absolutely gorgeous sprites with incredible animations. The whole thing just looks Ooh, yeah. very much my thing. Like, a real like, dark mm. tone to it as well. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, and it's it's another one that's like launching on Game Pass, so fucking great. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen the trailer for uh, the trailers for Trek to Yomi and Replaced, then go and watch them because they they both look incredible. Um, yeah, the Nintendo Direct uh, and the uh, Treehouse streams. Uh, I don't know a lot of people were quite disappointed with the Nintendo Direct, like they were expecting something um huge i know some of the like some of the people over at giant bomb were a little bit disappointed with it as well and um i i, I can't really share that viewpoint I, th- I thought it was great um i didn't you know it was we are it's still in the middle of a pandemic um yes nintendo announced a bunch of games a while ago that they have now since still not shown anything more of since but then they're not alone like the in new that metroid though, prime right? um, they're not they're not went no. back and looked at xbox place, right? 2019 e3 there's a whole bunch of games there they've not spoken about since like yeah. and i guess yeah, nintendo sure. is that extra expectation because yeah. of them being big franchises that people desperately want. Yeah. of an E3 it just disappears without a trace. Yeah, it's just fluff. Yeah, but this is like yeah. a new Metroid Prime. It's like this is a big thing, yeah. and all they've done is shown a title card, and people expected there to be some more of that there, and there wasn't. There was a Metroid Five, which is great. Oh, so uh, Metroid Dread. Yep. Uh, it looks really, really good. Really excited I was a for bit that. Disappointed with the fact that like it was looking a little bit sort of framey and and sort of un- unpolished, which I can you know absolutely find it's. You know, still alpha, but then they said it was coming out this year, and I thought, "Whoa, that's got that." We don't know coming. how you don't know how old the build was that they had there. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah they were showing it's the treehouse because like there was a yeah me sitting sort of looking at that I was thinking, well, that looks like Shadow Complex, you know, mm. on the three sixty. So I'm hoping it, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm hoping it gets but, um, a serious level of polish. Yeah, we've, we've talked already talked about some of the things that were shown there. WarioWare, New Breath of the Wild, um, the Monkey Ball stuff, a uh, whole bunch of stuff that's come in there. Um, I, they showed a lot of trailers for games that are coming to Switch that I just don't really care about, like some more Doom Eternal stuff. Like, uh, if, if you have anything other than a Switch, why would you play Doom on a Switch? Um, yeah. And a few other games as well. But it, w- it was the combination of the whole thing. It was like, I thought the, the Direct was really solid, and then I've always had a real soft spot for... Nintendo's treehouse streams. There's like zero cynicism about them. There's no attempts to be like cool and edgy. It's just they're like they're cute and they're dorky, yeah, and everyone's like stream they're yeah seen. they're really yeah. really wholesome, like or bordering on being twee almost. Like it's just uh, they're just nice, um, and it's they just, just they just sit down on a, on a roof playing on this you know on a roof in New York playing on their Switch. Yeah, and being incredibly mean, polite yeah. to each other, uh, yeah. um, and like they just they sit down and they show you a little slice of the games. Um, they showed some um, uh, Monster Hunter Stories two, some uh, Mario Golf, which are both games that are coming out in the next next week to next month. Um, they showed some uh, Metroid Dread, and they showed something else as well. Oh, um, uh, Advance Wars. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, one and one two. Re- yeah. Reboot, reboot camp, camp one plus two. Yeah, yeah. Um, which looks great. Uh, and yeah, they're just yeah, really nice. Right. They're just really nice streams, and no one else really did anything like that. Like, and and it's it just like the contrast. Do you remember? Do you remember the infamous Weed Three incident <laughs> where it was like yeah. EA showing showing off some gameplay of Battlefield One, and they just had loads of celebrities in, and most of them were drunk or high, and it was just really awkward yeah. and. And and like I hated it. What was it? Zach um, Efron and Jamie Foxx, right? 
Jamie Foxx yeah. and Snoop Dogg was there. Yeah, and yeah like, Snoop Dogg. Nintendo. What, what was the EA one when they had all the influencers who couldn't speak on camera? Oh, God. Um, really yeah, they do that a lot for the like sports things as well. Like yeah. everyone else tries to do like stupid stuff for their streams, and Nintendo's just like, now we've just got like we've just got a few members of our staff to sit down and be incredibly nice to each other while showing off some whilst, of the game. Whilst playing just, they're Mario just kind of Party. wholesome. Yeah, they're just wholesome. I, I <laughs> Try just, not to kill each other. Yeah. Um, I just like them. I really like them. Um, mm. So that was one of the one of my highlights. Um, one of the biggest things for me and quite a lot of people, like mm. Tamar Hussein over at GameSpot, I think yeah, nearly had a heart attack when this happened, yeah. was the Elden Ring trailer. Because um, we've been teased with it for ages. They showed a trailer off a couple of years ago. Yeah. We knew it was coming, but also, hey, the storyline's being written by George R.R. R. Martin, so it could be decades <laughs> before we see this game. Um, and then, I mean... <laughs> Jeff Keighley's introduction to it was kind of a little bit ridiculous. Okay, mate, you got the Elden Ring trailer. Congratulations. Calm down. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was also the hyping it up beforehand of like taking a picture of yourself from below, looking up at the screen yeah. with this like goofy, wide-eyed look on your face, and it's just like, come on, mate. Oh, yeah, I hate all that nonsense. There's no need for it. Um, but the uh, the the trailer itself was fantastic. I think it's one of the best trailers I've ever seen for a From Software game, and they usually have pretty solid trailers. Mm-hmm. But it like it showed off what appeared to be a Dark Souls, but big, and uh, with elements of yeah. um, Bloodborne, uh, elements of um, Sekiro combat in there as well, yeah. um, mounts like and everything um and then a lot of that was like uh backed up in subsequent interviews that um miyazaki gave to he gave a fairly lengthy interview with ign and then a very lengthy interview with uh famitsu um and i've read through both of those and like just eating up as many details as i can and yeah the more i hear about that game the more i am very very psyched for it like the dark souls equivalent of the witcher you know, where it's going to be a big world that you can ride around on your horsey and kind of... No. No, he's already said. That. There's like, there's a hub world yeah. um, and connected to that hub world is like dungeons. six big dungeons things uh, and right. you can't... They're not They're not open world. They're more like so traditional more Dark Souls environments. Than it is, yeah, than the, than the Witcher. There's an open world hub area uh, where you can ride your mount and around that uh, and dotted in it are dungeons in which you can't ride your mount on, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. It's it's the open world element appears to be just like the hub area. Um, okay. But, it yeah, it just looks it looks really good. It's a really, really solid trailer. It's another one, if you haven't seen it, somehow if you haven't seen it, then go and check it out. Um, I would say jump pad for horse is a little bit weird. It's not a horse. Or oh, whatever it is, jump, jump pad for it's mount. A, apparently it's a goat. <laughs> kind of brilliant yeah yeah it's got horns um it? yeah yeah uh and goats can jump and they can climb rock faces goats are crazy yeah no, so, it's just that big knows? like white jump pad that he sort of ran to and then bounced off of and then went vertically straight up a cliff face i just thought i mean that was not the weirdest thing that was in that trailer no true. <laughs> so no, having um, said that the dragon that catches the lightning bolt was absolutely like oh, brilliant yeah, really, really good trailer. Really solid. It's the trailer that I've watched. I've watched it. God, I don't know, maybe a dozen times since then. Yeah. Um, really excited for that. Um, but yeah, the, the best thing of the weekend, and it was kind of an open goal really for Microsoft because 
uh, no Sony there. Um, and I mean, I th- we haven't even mentioned Ubisoft, uh, but the Ubisoft no. conference was a bit <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, it was kind of an open goal for um, for Microsoft, but they they really really took advantage of it with the Xbox conference. It was. It was pretty much non-stop games. It was like, how long was it? An hour and a half or something like that? Yeah, um, it was just, just the right length. Yeah, they showed off 30 games, 27 of them launching on Game Pass. And the only ones that weren't coming to Game Pass, at least at launch, was like Battlefield um, 2042, um, which looks really, really good. Uh, the, the I did not care about the cinematic trailer they showed off a few weeks ago but then the gameplay trailer was just like this looks like the wackiness of of um battlefields Do you think like it looks a bit too three big? and four and well they've, it's doubled they've gone from 64 player battles to 128 player battles and also yeah. if there's not that many real players they will fill the lobbies with bots there will right. be that many real players yeah it, but like you know they, they've they've said they have technology to fill with bots um, so yeah. I, would, I would imagine at some point they they will have to. I don't know. They'll you... fill. I think I I I feel like there'll be at least ten percent that are bots in every match, no matter how many real people there are online at any time. Well, I mean, if you go back to like Battlefield Four, Battlefield Three, Battlefield Bad Company One and Two, anything like that, and you like look through the server list, it's really really difficult to find a server that's got any spaces in it. Yeah. Because, but I I feel like they'll still put bots in even maybe. if they have enough players just to keep it ticking over. Maybe, um, but yeah, I, 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 that looks very good. Um, mm, definitely. What else did they show off that caught my eye? There was there was a whole bunch of stuff. Um, uh, we we didn't talk about um, Starfield. Uh, not at all interested in that. Because I really enjoyed when um, they they had the trailer for Starfield, and it was obviously a CGI cinematic trailer, and it shows the protagonist, who is a woman, um, getting in her starship and walking up a ladder, and apparently people freaked out because famously in Bethesda games, ladders don't work, yeah, you or can't you can't climb walk up, you can't climb ladders. No. So the first in the first interview after the trailer was released. Todd Howard was asked about can you finally climb ladders and he literally said well ladders ladders are hard don't expect ladders that's just a trailer so I'm not getting we know why there are because it's the same fucking engine we've been seeing since it's the creation engine 2 still it's so, the same it's, engine. They just keep on like creaking. They, they keep on piling more and more scaffolding on top of this creaking fucking engine and yeah. dumping out games that are it's, full of bugs. The the problem is, I've said for the past two years, I've now played The Witcher three, which mm. has now set the bar for an yeah. RPG for me. Yeah. I've gone back and play, tried to play Skyrim. I've gone back and tried to play Oblivion. They are no longer good games to me now that I have had my eyes opened by what a a really good RPG. modern RPG is. Well, even and it just pisses me off of that they've literally, they've got this opportunity to prove to the world that they are still the masters of the RPG and they've thrown it away. Not, I mean, Obsidian brought out uh, The Outer Worlds, which is yeah. like that hmm. sort of game, and it's yeah. shown like, oh, oh, this was this is well written and it wasn't full of hmm. bugs. And 
like Bethesda's answer to that is like, oh, we'll just put out another game on the same fucking engine. People will buy it. It's got Bethesda on it. I've mm-hmm. I've reached the point where I have I have no interest in any game that is made by Bethesda Softworks. Like the stuff that they publish, fine. Ed, like mm, the id software develop, machine yeah. games arcane. arcane all that stuff great give me more of that i have no interest in anything that's made by bethesda softworks yeah which on similar topics they also announced some new fallout 76 dlc which is tumbleweed which is why i re- right? which is why i told you guys the revelation that i own a physical copy of that game that i got for <laughs> christmas and didn't have the heart to return <laughs> Yeah, well, it was you didn't buy it yourself. That's fine. No. And like, um, to be fair, I did tell my brother-in-law I'd loved Fallout Three in New Vegas, so he went with a hunch. I mean, you cool. can probably see literally over here is a Pip Boy that I own. Oh yeah, that yeah. That is just yeah. a reminder of like of you know times. what what could have been. <laughs> yeah, of your foolish youth. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of the possessor stuff, there was a lot of lot of stuff to be uh, to be excited about. Um, Obviously, Bethesda weren't going to make any mention of uh, Deathloop because no. <laughs> uh, even though they hate us, uh, they're publishing it. It's not on a Microsoft platform. Um, mm. So, uh, but the other stuff they showed off. I mean, um, the, the I wasn't too bothered with the Halo stuff. To be honest, it's cool that the multiplayer is going to be free to play. Um, at least it the does first look season really of is going to be free to play. It looks fine. I just don't have a any yeah. real affection for Halos. You know, it's not. It's not to really me, it interesting. Like something that was designed in the what early two mid like late nineties, early two thousands, and it's always going to be stuck in that aesthetic because yeah, people expect and it to yeah. gameplay yeah. style. You can't change it. It's, it's it would be like it would be like if you made a new Unreal. If, yeah. if you like, you made a new Unreal tournament and suddenly it was like a hero shooter. Yeah, Quake um, Play Free Arena. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's It'd be a bit like, weird. Just don't. Just, just, they, they should just kill that. Kill Halo off. Yeah. And just um, you know, but move on the, and make something else. The one thing that I was very, very uh, happy to see was uh, Forza Horizon oh, 5. Yeah. Um, Forza Horizon 4 was a fantastic game. I love the um, the changes they made, especially the sort of like a weekly change in the seasons and everything like that. But nobody fantasizes around about driving around rural England. Um, oh, it was a little bit. Well, oh, come on, it, as an expert, it was a little bit. Like, I don't want to play the new one because the setting I think is appalling, and I'd rather play. I'd I'd rather go bolting around England. Really? Yeah, I'm with Chazzy. Like, I'm with Chazzy. There's like this fuck all variety. It's like you drive around the middle of some towns, or you drive around some country roads. And that is it. Like that's it. What was England's fucking boring? Like the one before that, Australia had some re- like you, you go from like racing in the in the mountains to racing in the desert to racing through jungle. Like it was like a real nice variety. England's got no variety at all. That's why they had to bring in the the, the seasonal element. Can you imagine if it was just British summer all the time? Yeah, it would have well, been the most boring racing game. Like Mexico's got everything from, uh, like you you saw like the variety of stuff that that's the variety of environments. They've got fucking volcanoes to race around. Yeah, I think it cool. looks great. I I really I think it looks it. really good. They I'm, did that extended thing showcase like thing today. Anyway, so oh, there's that. Yeah. Too. If you don't like them, you don't I like prefer. Them. 
I don't like Forza Motorsport. I, I think it's a like a, yeah. a really really poor competitor to like much better racing sims. Whereas like yeah. Forza Horizon is like the it, it scratches an itch it's that for like for people who don't like driving games who can jump on and play something. That's me. Yeah, it's one basically. You, you it's it's kind of the new. It's the new test drive, isn't it? It's kind yeah, of yeah, filmed yeah. back. Or the that new whole, um, it's, it's Need for Speed. It's like Fisher Price, my first driving game, and that's fine. No, no, that's that's a bit that. mean. It's 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 a fun. It's but it's it's a fun arcadey. That's the thing. Yeah, it's a. It's a fun arcadey open world game. It scratches an itch that like Need for Speed will never scratch again. Um, yeah. It's the, the game that you play it in Chase Cam with a with a pad. You don't plug a wheel in. You don't you don't play it seriously. It's not that sort of game. Right. It's just some fun and like they are really really they're just really fucking fun games to play. Uh, I've played yeah three and four absolutely loved um, and I'm excited to get back to more interesting um, setting. More. That car, Nick, um, incidentally, the one that they were driving around, they were going on about the Mercedes Project One. Oh, yeah, car. yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting car. It's, that's the one that they they tried to stick the Mercedes 2015 Formula One engine <laughs> in a road car. Oh, yeah, it, I remember about that. It kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, um, I, I, I was really, I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was. What else did we see? Full list here. So Xbox. Went down the list. Got Playtale sequel. Oh yeah, Nick's, oh, Nick's yeah. very excited for that. I am intrigued about that because I feel like a Plague's Tale was a half decent game that was half baked, and mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see what lessons they can take into the second version. It's it's like Assassin's Creed wasn't a great game. Assassin's Creed Two was. I'm hoping mm. they can kind of take the strat the formula of what worked hone it it looks and like they're getting the good back game. as well um, yeah it does oh yeah that was a really good and they're doing a um the original's getting a snx remaster is not remaster you know what i mean yeah, uh, optimized nice. um yeah, yeah, other things on the list you've got psychonauts party animals yeah uh, oh party animals just look like a rip off of um gang gang beasts, beasts. Gang beasts. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, flight simulator coming to console yeah cannot wait yeah. i've already yeah, got plans for streaming it i've <laughs> <laughs> got ideas uh, and then uh yeah go on and then mini fridge oh yeah mini, mini fridge at the end shredders the uh yeah not about the teenage mutant ninja turtles nemesis it's actually just a poor looking snowboarding game Really yeah, that was yeah. really confusing. Yeah, and then the ascent, which we already knew about. Really poor looking, and it's... just had no so no like attitude or anything you'd expect in a snowboarding game. No, yeah, like, there was more attitudes in. Um, well, no, that that was that's that's Riders Republic. Yeah, <laughs> it's I was going to say just, Riders, Riders Republic, Republic did is, look half decent, but it's just like Steep was really fucking good. Yeah. I was gutted yeah, that not enough people play played it. I loved that game. Game it's really now, good, yeah. but Steep's just that plus bikes, because they already had like wingsuits and stuff like that in Steep. Yeah. They just added bikes and, and jetpacks for some reason, uh, and oh, made yeah. it a little bit crazy. Shredder's it looked a little cool. bit silly. It had a bit of an unrush vibe about it as well. That Riders Republic, yeah, just the kind of attitude to it and stuff. Mm. 
But um, yeah, just to like double down on um, just to, to finish up what I, like my bit, um, what Adam was saying, it's just like the sheer number of games coming to Game Pass is insane. Like even the stuff that's like not new, like um, Yakuza Like a Dragon, now available on Game Pass on Xbox and uh, PC, which means that the entire Yakuza collection is on on um, Xbox yeah. Game Pass and like on PC. Uh, the Ascent. Um, which is coming out soon. Looks really yeah, good coming straight to, to Game really Pass. To that. I didn't realise that's um, co-op, so if anyone's up for a co-op... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. Like, that was a cover ge- That was a cover game on Edge, and that doesn't, like, you know, there mm. needs to be something special to be a cover game on Edge, and I read the shit out of that article. That's I'm really looking forward to that. About. It, it looks like the Cyberpunk 2077 that I actually wanted. Yes, mm. yeah, yeah, but like an indie version, so it'll be mm. good. Um, Hades coming to to um, PC and Xbox Game Pass, which is which is fantastic. Uh, Among Us finally coming to Xbox, and they're also adding in like uh, fifteen player lobbies and a hide and seek mode and some crazy stuff like that. Um, Age of Empires Four is on the way, coming straight to Game Pass as well. Yes. Um, Anacrusis, that uh, that's coming straight to Game Pass. Um, Back for Blood coming straight to Game Pass. Like it's it's Insane. yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. It was. I, I just watched the whole thing. I was like, here's a bunch of wasn't. yeah, um, Diablo two. two. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that was launching on Game Pass. No, because yeah. Activision Blizzard are greedy. Um, but that look that look good. Um, I'm still boycotting Blizzard, um, uh, Activision Blizzard, so I won't be buying it anyway. Um, but yeah, it was just like a uh, like a constant stream of like, oh, this game looks really, really cool. I cannot wait to try it out as part of my Game Pass subscription Massive. and not have to mm-hmm. worry about like spending money on a game and then realizing maybe I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yep. It's happened it's, to me yeah, with a couple of fantastic. things. And yeah, I'm just yep. so glad I didn't pay full price for this game because I hate it. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was great. Um, now... Unfortunately, to, to to moan a little bit. Did any of you watch the Koch Media no, I conference? So I, I did started not. watching Next Lander talking over it. And yeah. I they gave didn't up, last, didn't they? I didn't last so long, very long, because I got so bored. Like neither did they. They gave up. Oh, did they? Because it was just people saw, talking. I I there was no, they gave up. There was no gameplay. It was two hours. It was two hours long, and there was thirteen minutes of gameplay across the two wow, hours. That's terrible. <laughs> and the rest of it was just like um, some woman sat in a in a in a some studio somewhere, very poorly mic'd up. Yeah, some bullshy like, northern woman, which is cool. Like, yeah. nice to see. Uh, yeah, that's fine. But, uh, but like, it's like, yeah. put a fucking microphone yeah. on her, for God's sake. It sounded awful. It was like someone like filming her with their phone, with the built-in microphone in their phone. It sounded awful. And it was just lots and lots of interviews with developers talking about the games without actually showing the games. And then she had to ask every single one of them, and they all had to give her really awkward uh, com- uh, responses like, well, what's it like being part of the Koch Media family? Because Koch Media is one of those like <laughs> awful, gigantic conglomerates. So like the Dying Light 2 thing earlier. Yeah. So Dying Light Two is being developed and published by Techland, which is a subsidiary of Deep Silver, which is a subsidiary of Koch Media, which is a subsidiary of the Embracer Group, and it's just like one of these gigantic, awful conglomerates that's just swallowing up developers and publishers. Yeah, because they've got that and, um, new publishing wing called Prime Matter, right? That they announced. Yeah. Was it? I don't even remember if that was part of E3 or if that was something separate. 
they announced that at um, Jeff Keighley's thing, thing and then they, they talked a little bit more about it with the Koch Media thing but it was just like it was really weird like a lot of it felt like a hostage video <laughs> like um, like it was it, yeah it was, it was really awkward they were blinking and tapping in Morse code yeah what's like, it what's it like working under working part of the Koch Media family it's great Koch Media f- treat us great they feed yeah. us every day um, it was a newspaper with today's date yeah, yeah, I am. I am alive and healthy. Um, it was just, yeah, it was awful. It was, yeah, two hours long, and they couldn't even get a quarter of an hour's worth of gameplay in there. Huh. It was one of the worst. I, I, I gave up watching it. Like I skimmed through it, just hoping that I'd find some more gameplay. Um, I such a such a terrible, terrible conference in a in a week of lots of terrible conferences. Like we said, the Capcom one was awful. Bandai Namco was awful. Um, the Take Ubisoft, Two one right. was wasn't really anything. The Ubisoft one was pretty bad. The uh, the Gearbox one was like, here's a couple of trailers, and then Randy Pitchford awkwardly talking to um, Kevin Hart on the set of the Borderlands movie because yes, there's a Borderlands film coming out. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was uh, yeah. b- b- uh, in a sea of terrible conferences. The Koch Media one distinguished itself as like a new level of bad. Hmm. Um, mm. Which makes is it going to the... be? Is it going to be the new Konami one? <laughs> you know, Maybe the, the infamous, well, the, the infamous the, Konami. The Konami conference. ones were hilarious because they were just incompetent and there were so many problems and it was just really awkward uh, and they were kind of. And funny. the wrestlers didn't stop wrestling each other. Yeah, yeah, and that, that would, <laughs> the stuff goes down as part of like the the sort of like funny stuff, like Mister Caffeine and the yeah. um, what was the. Crime. The Wii game uh, with Ravi Beats, oh, what his name was. Wii Music. Yeah, Wii Music and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Wabam. Do you remember Wabam? Yeah, yeah I mean, that stuff's all great. Bam. That stuff's all great. Yeah. That stuff's all great. That stuff's all great. Koch Media thing was just fucking awful. Mm. Like I have set, th- I have sat through more interesting lectures on the minutia of permitted development rules, where it comes to whether or not you can replace your windows with double glazing in an Article 15 directive area, than this Koch Media presser. <laughs> was it one step away from literally just having like slides with pie charts up, going, "This is how much money we made in the last fiscal quarter"? In Times New Roman as well. I think, like, yeah. if gun gun to your head, you had to watch it. I'd say take the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow! But it, yeah, it, it, it just helped the Microsoft and the um, Nintendo conferences, in, in my opinion, just rise a little bit even higher because it was so far above yeah. <laughs> everything else. That um, I guess it's these companies yeah. put on great shows every year. They know what makes a good conference, and they they're good at it. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's, it's kind of like Uncharted. Right. It's having a community um, um, support that you can lean on and go, right, what is not going to get us absolutely mugged off online? Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's all, it was also a case of like, here's Koch Media doing their first ever press conference. Also, it's got to be remote. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. <sighs> Fun times. Yeah. Mm. It's rough. It was rough. <laughs> or not. <laughs> but it was enough good stuff in the other press conferences to wipe my memory good um nick what did you enjoy well i'll go i'll go from fifth to first even fifth to first even though it isn't in uh order really um my first is 
I've got to be honest, I kind of struggled finding five things that I really enjoyed that weren't just a lot of the same things. Um, So I've tried to be a little bit different, at least. So my first one is the fact that because we were digital um, and because of all the restrictions in place and all of this, there were no or very little awkward moments in press conferences the one that came to mind or always comes to mind is the ea conference a few years ago where they interviewed pele for 10 minutes and just completely um, ruined the mood what's his name uh the guy who's like the chairman of liverpool used to be at um ea yeah Yeah. pete moore's awkward little comedy skit with jose Mourinho. yes so I'm just really, really glad that we didn't have any moments like that because everything was probably because it was all decided, you know, beforehand and they didn't have anyone they thought they needed to impress too much in person. Do you remember the um, the oh. Microsoft conference a few years ago when they were showing off one of the Forza games and they brought a car out? Yeah, the McLaren. That happened like three times. Or the McLaren, yeah. Do you remember the other and they one? were talking loads about the car and it's like, I'm into that stuff and I found it fucking boring. Mm. Boring, yeah, exactly. Do you remember the um, Rock Band Beatles one where they just wheeled out Paul McCartney and he literally and ju- might as well just walked across the stage? They had Ringo as well, didn't they? the other side. Yeah. Neither of them knew where they were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, Ringo always wears those, like, dark glasses, so you never know whether he's actually, like, just looks around very confused anyway. Um, So, yeah, there there was nothing like that, at least in the main ones that the majority of people will have watched. Obviously, the the Koch media is is an exception, and the Capcoms are kind of exceptions as well. Um, Next up, just indies. Like, there are so many indie games that were brought to light this year. Um just in all the different little things that went on, like say the Gorilla Collective, I think it's called, mm-hmm. had two streams, two days of streams, um, where there were just so many different games being announced that would never normally get much of a stage at E3 for the wider people, um, apart from maybe on an idea Xbox pr- platform. But it was just really nice to see. There were so many games that I think, I think a lot of games that we've talked about tonight have... Um, come from those kind of developers um, and actually I was reading an article earlier from gamesindustry.biz uh, and they every year they do a survey on how many games are shown at E3 that are non-violent and in the last two years oh, yeah. it's gone It's gone up from last year it was 17% and this year it's 33% of the games shown at E3 were mm. non-violent games and that's not even just in the trailer they had non-violent games and i they they published their specification for what counts as a non-violent game and even games where the trailer just didn't show any but it might have violence at some point that doesn't count as a non-violent game so 33 percent up from um 17 last year and god knows what previously and they have effectively said it's because so many more indie games are getting the platform this year that we're seeing a lot more non-violent games which is great it's we're seeing a bigger variety of games come out and and they are that is reflected i think yeah. that's great yeah i agree yeah yeah um yeah, i think there was like in the uh, all the attention obviously goes to the big triple a games that were shown off this year not that there was a huge number of like new and exciting stuff that people didn't know about but um they got quite a lot of attention um, 
but there were so many so many call it lindy games um and I, I can't remember what stream I was watching. They were talking a little bit about this, um, about how, like the the pandemic's kind of like opened up a little bit of a. I was going to say, is that uh, a window. Uh, yeah, opened a window yeah. for small indie groups that were already working remotely anyway, because none of them could afford to rent office space. Mm. So mm-hmm. yeah, they they found this, this this beautiful opening, and there's just a deluge of really really cool looking indie games coming out in the next like six months or so. Yeah, which is great. Um, yeah. a couple of just a few examples that I've jotted down here: Somerville, uh, which is a mm-hmm. new game from a that new brand new indie studio. From um, is it Playdead uh, Studios? Who? And uh, no, it was uh, someone who was former. He's who used to work for Playdead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's former Playdead um, developers who've created Somerville yeah. Studios to make Somerville. Apparently, uh, that looks like it's going to be upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I just. I love all those kind of games, so that it was proper up my yeah. alley. Uh, Trek to Yomi that Mark's already talked about looks phenomenal. Proper on board for yeah. that, uh, and also Planet of Lana that I have just popped in down there, which yeah, looks that kind, kind of, kind of game, isn't it? yeah, it looks There's kind like of a little boy standing in a field of grass, and then oh, it looks shit. a little ghibli. It looks a little just everything. It's all good. hand painted. It was quite, yeah, that's it. And it was, it was quite funny because, like, the giant bomb thing, they were like, look, oh no, next lander. They were, they were watching <laughs> it, and then all these kind of drop pods started coming down, and they just started, oh, right, this is Gears 5. Yeah. No, it looks, it looks absolutely gorgeous, and it's, yeah, it's a beautiful, uh, uh, from what I understand, hand painted art style, and yeah, oh, God, it just looks gorgeous. Yeah. That's great. Um, so, yeah, it's just, tugging just, on the heartstrings. I think that's one thing that has been really good this year is just the um, massive stage and platform given to indie indie developers. Um, yep, agreed. And sort of jogging, jogging on to the next, jogging on to that point for me uh, is Steam Next Fest, um, which is currently happening as we record, uh, which is basically for a week, I think. Um, 16th to the 22nd of June Um, effectively there's just hundreds of demos of these games that have just been shown off and announced on Steam Uh, you can literally Mm. go if you go on Steam and log in you could there's a big banner at the top you'd log in just install games and play them um, and install demos of them Uh, just looking at the top ones here this Sable that we've talked about has got a, a demo uh, the Inheritance mm-hmm. of Crimson Manor, which is apparently a horror walking simulator I've never heard of before, but I've just installed the demo for it because it looks great. Um, Lake, which I've been had on my wish list for ages, has got one. Road 96, which is some kind of cool yeah. hitchhiker type uh, that looks, game. Well, that look, yeah, that looked weird because you're like a kid hitchhiking across wherever. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, do you get taken advantage of and all this kind of stuff? And you, yeah. You've got to it's, make decisions that, are, yeah, look really creepy. And like, like oh. literally, uh, Chasing Static, uh, which uh, I was just playing before before we started recording, which I've had my eye on for ages. Um, effectively, just there's hundreds, literally, of demos that are free on Steam yeah. for net, for five days, and you can just go and play them and enjoy them. Um, so, 
yeah, uh, I think that's that's a great thing, which kind of goes into the indie thing again. But I think that's... If I can um, just tag on to the end of that, actually, uh, to a lesser extent, there's a bunch of uh, a d- demos available, um, like... Um, oh, God, the Japanese Breakfast song game. You literally just mentioned it in the list of games that are available. Japanese. Sable. Sable, yeah. Um, yeah, like Sable and a few others that are demos are available if you've got an Xbox One, an Xbox Series S or an Xbox Series X, the ones that are being going through the ID Xbox thing, there's a bunch of demos available to download there if, if you have one of those mm. systems. Yeah, so it's just... Nowhere near as many as us on Steam, though. No. Um, but again, it's just accessibility. People can't go to a physical place uh, on a show floor to play these games. So yep. they have made it accessible for people at home to do that. And people yep. at home wouldn't even be able to do that. Any- like we've never would ever go to E3. And, no. you know, the fact that we get to do this at home is pretty rad uh and i think that's all you could hope for is that uh, like a journalist that you liked got hands-on with the game at e3 and then tells you about it on a podcast yeah or like a video on the show floor in the olden days you know um so yeah it's just it's great i think e3 and gaming in particular is becoming more and more accessible for people at home and i think that's a great thing that should be celebrated um and then my final two uh <laughs> kind of go to Chazzy's uh one of Chazzy's points which is squad based shooters. Uh I've <laughs> name dropped the uh the Anacurus Anacrusis. Anacrusis, Anacrusis, thank you. The Anacrusis which is the uh is from the portal writer Chet, Chet what's his face? Felicic. That's the one. Thank you. Um which yeah. Uh, looks great and also my number one is Back 4 Blood which is the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead um, that we've already talked about which looks great it looks kind of like Left 4 Dead and um, Dead Rising have had a baby Uh, and and a bit of Sunset Mm -hmm. Overdrive as well I got got a bit of that kind of hint not in like the grinding and um, no more in the humour yeah the humour and just the way the zombies act I suppose They're, they're less left for dead which were kind of actual dead swarmy type zombies uh and more the humorous type yeah more stylized you have more character which i'm all up for it they just look like great games yeah that trailer relayed a little bit of a concern i had that like i'd seen trailers before and some gameplay footage and stuff like that and it's like oh yes the game from the gameplay perspective it looks great it looks like left for dead it's like a a new version of left for dead Mm. exactly what i want couldn't hear any of the banter that you would associate with the characters in Left 4 Dead, like the chatter between them. Yeah. Um, until I watched that trailer, I was like, oh no, there it is. It's still there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the, um, I just looked it up. Um, the uh, yeah, Stray Bombay, the studio that's putting out um, Anacrusis, was formed yeah, by Chet. Um, I can't pronounce his surname. Um, he was the portal writer, but he also wrote on Left 4 Dead as well. Yeah. So oh, okay. there's there's two squad based <laughs> like oh, four player co op shooters being brought out by former Left 4 Dead developers. That's incredible. That and they're both on Game Pass. <laughs> well, it's it's this has all happened because, as we know, Valve don't make games anymore. They just they just well, they can't count to three. No, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. They can't it? count to three, yeah. which means they can't make games because you need to count past three. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a great world we're living in. Um, my bad, because we have to come on to this, I suppose, is 
it's not felt really like an E3 to me. Um, there's been lots of little different types of streams and events going on. It's felt a little disjointed mm-hmm. um, in a way that we kind of always joke, especially last year and the year before, I think we all kind of jump onto the E3 is dead, we don't need E3 bandwagon. Um, mm-hmm. I think this year has actually, the ESA have done something I never thought they would and prove that they are needed uh, in the world. Just they bring everything together. The The fact that E3 exists for, for a weekend or a week is it just ties everything okay. up and it, it gives things boundaries. For example, we've not had... Yeah. We've not had Sony. Sony haven't done anything because no. they don't have to. EA. Well, E3's three's not done. Um, well, the summer so game fast 2021 is technically. Oh, yeah, hell. this is the ridiculous thing. It's like, so the Xbox showcase extended, which I haven't seen yet, was on today, uh, Thursday, the 17th of June, at the time of recording. Yep. Narcon Connect, uh, who, I don't know why uh, Narcon have got their own thing. Oh, uh, they're Narcon. a company that makes peripherals, but whatever. They've got a thing on Tuesday, <laughs> July the si- on July the 6th. EA Play 2021, Thursday, the July 22nd. Yeah. Yep. And then Annapurna Interactive Showcase, Thursday, July 29th. But this is what I mean. So the ESA going on until the end of next month. The ESA having E3 on a particular weekend slash week gives things boundaries. It means like, yeah, right, guys, the world together. is going to be looking at you this weekend. You need to do something. And yeah, without that, so, right? it's... Uh, they, they tie everything down into that week and they charge you a ridiculous amount of money. That is the problem. Right? And that this is, is the issue, yeah. right? Is that, yes, we need like a banner week that we can just say this is the week that you everyone in the games industry releases their trailers I think that's absolutely valid and should happen problem is is that each individual publisher is going to go why am I going to spend nearly 50 60 grand whatever it is or or maybe even hundreds of grands right to the ESA when I can take that put that into my own like little you know like exactly what PlayStation is doing at the moment but um, let's you know, let's face gonna take, it. We're gonna take our money. We're gonna put it into our own thing and spread it out across a year, and we'll get well, EA, more um, Let's face it, though. EA that's already pulled out of E3 for a few years ago. Hmm. Like the Nintendo EA, uh, sorry, the, the EA conference well. was like the well. Nintendo's still part of, of E3. They still had a, pref- a presence yeah. on the shop on still, the show but floor. They do all their directs as well. Yeah, they stopped doing live stage shows. Microsoft but EA out carried well? on to the. No, I thought Microsoft part didn't of E3, have but a... it's in a theatre they own. EA yeah. started doing their press conferences the day before EA uh, E3 starts. E3 yeah, starts. Yeah, right. so Ubisoft are doing Ubisoft forward. Like everyone is splintering away and doing their own thing and making more of their own cash, right? And mm-hmm. they don't see why they should pay this company who don't give them any more exposure than you know. Back in the day, they needed that exposure. Because they were trying to sell into game sell to retail. Now yeah. they're selling directly into yourself, right? And it's a completely yeah. different market. And this is the problem: is, is this is only going to get more splintered. It's only going to get worse and worse and worse. The, and I think the ESA, to, yeah, go on. Um, the ESA outlived their usefulness a long time ago, and then absolutely uh, the la- the last physically three there was what all they really managed to do was accidentally leak a lot of journalists' personal details onto the internet, mm-hmm. and then last year it got cancelled. And uh, so coronavirus, I think, has has 
this is it's just a matter of time before the ESA are done. And the I thing think. is, yeah, which we're, we're which is completely we don't need them. Which is completely valid, and I agree with. But we're now just shifting the problem onto Jeff Keighley. <laughs> and this because he's making his fucking three three months of E3, yeah, which is going to make it worse, and he's still creaming the cash off the top of, the of it. He he, E3 will eventually become an irrelevance, and then he's established this system that then everyone can come into, and he's not charging you for it, and you can basically like you know, you you can get all the exposure in the world for very little money. So it makes sense to then block it into that week. So he's playing a very shrewd game. Hmm. And he's basically gambling on the fact that the ESA are just going to basically shoot themselves in the foot. But then also, but, yeah. maybe you'd get like people like Sony will have a big state of play thing at some point. But now they get to have it later in the year I mean, in, in fresh air, mm. out, uh, out of the shadow of E3. And suddenly the headlines will be full of Sony it. stuff and only Sony stuff for yeah. uh, you know a while. It could just be that June or July is seen as the traditional time to do all your conferences. And it kind of... Everyone puts their conferences out at this time anyway. But mm. it's not just not tied down to one specific, like, you know... Uh, retailer or whatever publisher. I don't, know, I don't even know what the ESA are. They're a, they're a ratings board or whatever they are. No, they're, they're just a, a fucking group of capitalists. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they're the European <laughs> Space Agency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark just googled ESA. Yeah. They're the entertainment uh, something. Something association. Entertainment Software Association. There you go. Ah, uh, there we go. So, yeah, that yeah, makes I mean, sense. I, I just, yeah, I just, I, can, I can foresee a future in like sort of two, three years where they go right. We're basically bankrupt, and there will be no E three. Or it just fully becomes like PAX. Yeah, it was. Just, it. A, it, it was kind of heading that way anyway, wasn't it? Show. With you know, consumer yeah. consumers but, were more and more becoming part of the core experience that they were trying to push. Yeah, and like I'm gonna miss certain aspects of e the E3 week. Like um, I kind of enjoyed when it was like Microsoft would have their big stage show, and then Sony would have their big stage show, and so on and so forth. But most of the stuff that I enjoyed about E3 was the stuff that happened around the edges. Mm. Like um, I, I would look forward every year to um, Giant Bombs evening shows that have lo- yeah. loads of guests on their sofas and stuff like that, and that's only facilitated by the fact that everybody is in the in and around the LA Convention Center for that weekend. Uh, and if E3 dies, then that stuff will that stuff just well, won't happen. That again. stuff will still exist, but it'll just be very very segmented, Boring. and it'll be you know in August. Or like one weekend in August or whatever. There's no reason to do it, but someone will, you know, want that will want content. The entire right? the entirety of the games, the big games populace, was in one city for yeah. one weekend, so mm. they could get everyone on their couch. The games yeah. industry came to LA for a weekend, and so they could get anybody they wanted. Yeah, and that's and why it that, happened. Is there, is there a situation where someone else can set up their own? You know, do, do you envisage a situation where? Well, there's the something existed before E3, together. didn't it? Well, so, there's this yeah. uh, there's this up and coming whippersnapper called Jeff Keighley. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, tell me more. Is a smarmy ass git, 
Uh, is he a Adam, Geoff or a Jeff? <laughs> Jeff. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah. I don't fuck with that. I'm yeah. on bombshell. Yeah. E3. E3. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're completely wrong. Maybe maybe next year when everyone's vaccinated up the wazoo, it'll come back and it'll be better than ever. The problem, I, the problem I have with saying E3 is going to die is that I think that a lot of people in the gaming industry kind of <laughs> like it. wishful thinking. <laughs> people kind of like it, though. Like, you say the giant bomb, for example. Uh, yeah. Every, the games industry enjoys that weekend of partying and that, that weekend of coming together to see all the friends. Um, for them, it's as much of a social and a business thing as it is actually yeah, yeah. what the news that we get. We are coming at it from a completely consumer point of view of we like watching all the new demos and stuff and seeing all of the mm-hmm. content, but they actually get something out of it too. Um, whether yeah. that's ESA-backed you- or not... I don't think they you care. You hear about um, a lot of deals being made from like Europe, smaller European developers yeah. and Japanese developers making big, uh, making deals with publishers and platform holders in games corridors games. and hotel rooms at E3. Um, so, you know, well, games, the Gamescom doesn't attract the entirety of the games industry like oh, E3 does. Yeah. <laughs> not the, it's not the it's same the biggest, extent. It's the biggest trade. Um, it's the trade. biggest trade show for world. Um, yeah, for like, work, like for in deals. terms of like um, developers being there, sure, like there's, there's more developers there, but that's just because yeah. I guess there's more developers. They have in an entire. Europe they have an entire. Are. Yeah, I was gonna say they have an entire wing. Like, um, basically, what was like Earl's Court is just mm-hmm. for like doing schmoozing and selling your games and stuff. Like, it's guess- way way bigger than E3. But I guess you're not going to have the same level of platform holder and publisher presence yeah. at Gamescom as you would at E3. Like E3, there's a reason why E3 is like the biggest one of the year, and it's because everyone's there. Isn't that mm. Just because it's American, though, and they're like brash and yeah, it's just, I know, it's, it's, it kind of sucks. I, like from what I've what I saw, that Gamescom does as much business as E3 does. It's just that because E3 is in the states. It's it gets a lot more visibility, but actually it's because the vast majority games, of the gaming press is there. Yeah, this is it, right? But actually, Gamescom is the one where it's actually all the, all the deals are done and all the all the people fly in and you know, mm. blah blah blah. So I could see a situation where it all just transfers over to Gamescom at some point. But then you, I don't know. Uh, you, You've got the thing of Jeff ninety pies. He's got he does a start off yeah. on that as well. You've got the thing of like ninety percent of the game's media coverage is American, so they wouldn't mm. want to. Fl- you know what I mean? It 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 all goes hand in hand. Like, yeah. There's a lot of fingers in different pies. There's a lot of in pies, different right. plans that need to go in place. But I don't but again, think a physical E3 is dead. The money in the money in the money in video games at the moment is all in Europe. It's not in the states. The sales. The big sales are in Europe, but like it's that that old you know that old way of like it basically the big sellers are in it in in the US, and then it's sort of Japan and Europe are the second big sellers. It's now gone the other way, and it's now Europe selling more you know more copies. But they still have Gamescom to do that. E three is like a party for them. But what I'm saying is, is like if you think of it as um, football leagues, right? La Liga at the moment is the biggest league in the world, but 
at the moment Serie A which is Europe is actually now becoming the bigger league and La Liga is is going away and becoming the the, the second rated league and that's what's happening with so um, what you're saying is Jeff with. Keighley is like the European Super League <laughs> yeah. tempt them away <laughs> I see yeah he's trying to tempt them away basically well, yeah. I told you up to so no it's, good. yeah but it's yeah it's just um, yeah the, 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 there is a big shift in the old ways of thinking and how where where the markets are now. It's yeah, it's very it's it's all up in the air at the moment and um yeah, it'd be interesting to see where it all sort of how it all pans out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah but how it all But everything's out. up in the air at the moment because you know global That's pandemic it, right? and everything. Is it. What is this global <laughs> pandemic? Tell me more. I've not heard much about it. <laughs> Doesn't affect your life so, that much. Sounds exotic just, and exciting. You're just sat working in front of a computer all day anyway, like tied to that computer, right? Nothing's changed for Nick. This is it. No, Nick never basically. leaves that room. Well, there, there's a world outside. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I never to, used to get out of the, the pub anyway. Blue, just to <laughs> get an idea of what the sky might look like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sun there. Um. That's it. It goes down at night and it comes up in the day. Uh, Anyway, um, so we put out a tweet uh, earlier asking members of our lovely community what they thought of E3. Um, What interested them? Uh, Gavin uh, from Geekachu replied saying Animal Party should be the new Wreckfest just for the laughs. I think Mark would agree. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Although I, I would, I, I need to educate him in the ways of gang beasts. Yeah, gang beasts made in Sheffield. Is it now? It is. I take it back. All the best things are made in Sheffield, including me. Including Sean Bean. Oh, uh, let's not talk about him. Whoa, we're not slagging off Sean Bean. <laughs> including, now. including Adam's relative Sean yeah, Bean. Exactly. Come on now. <laughs> what? The only nice things about him. <laughs> 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 Continue the tweets, Nicholas. Yeah. The only Sean Bean film I have enjoyed is that bit where he dies in Golden Eye, oh, yeah. and the bit where he dies in Lord of the Rings as well. That's quite good. Uh, anyway, uh, apart from the Evil Dead game, would be great fun in a party. Oh, and Among Us is coming to Xbox, so that would be good. Um, yeah, yeah. Among Us, more people that can play that game. Among Us, fun, so. uh, great game that we Adam pestered us for months to play. Um, we finally got around to it and wondered why we hadn't done this earlier. Yeah, it, it was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, such a great game. Yeah. Uh, we need to do what that again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and Gare has also come back and said Redfall, uh, which we've already discussed. Sable, oh, and Elden Ring. Uh, not only is Elden Ring real, but it's out in six months or so. Diamond Cutter excited. Of course, because he spent like a yeah, I was thousand him. hours playing whichever Dark Souls is it or Demon. He's Souls? on he's on like New Game Plus 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 or something yeah, like that yeah. of Dark Souls. He's a few boss fights away from getting the platinum on that game, mm. and then he's going to crack on and play some of the other ones as well. Um, Good for him. I was chatting to him about this the other night. I think we're both of the same mind that we might actually be do that incredibly grown up thing of booking time off work to play a video game. Ooh. Oh yeah, because uh, we're both that excited about Elden Ring. Um, yeah. Last time yeah. I did that, I can't remember what it was for. But I ended up playing Paper Mario yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I had briefly considered trying to book next Friday off work so I could have to spend the whole day playing Mario Golf. Wow. 
Yeah. I have some travelling to amazing. do soon, so that's going to be Mario Golf time. Mm. Nice. Um, should we wrap this up? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, so they are our highs and lows of E3. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a different one this year, but I think in the end, the games are all good, and that's all that matters. Uh, so yeah. thanks for joining me. Uh, if you want to read words that we sometimes type on the internet, you can visit our website at lapsgamer.com. Uh, you can always reach us on Twitter. Uh, we are at lapsedgamer. Um, podcasts are on Spotify. All that good jazz. You're probably listening to us anyway, so yeah, you know that. Um, streaming at some point. We're a bit sporadic at the moment, but I'm sure we'll get back to it on twitch.tv slash lapsgamer. too it's too fucking hot. It is. It's yeah, very it's hot. It's too hot if to stream. Anyone who lives in England will know I this. I didn't meant to have to tell you this, but I've spent the entirety of this of this recording sat in just my pants. I wonder why you didn't turn your video on. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't turn my camera on. <laughs> Nobody needs to Have see you, that. The, wait, <laughs> uh, is this just a bit, <laughs> or are you for real? That, that, <laughs> that <laughs> image that you don't no, I'm sat in my pants. I am not turning my camera on to prove it, but I am sat in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking revelations of this podcast, I tell you. And I it's can't really, wait to really see the muggy, fan man. We'll be coming in, streaming I'm in. Just, I'm just very grateful, <laughs> Mark. Looks the, like. Mark, I guess the listeners will know this, but Mark recorded an episode of Match Day Matinee, and I'm just glad you decided to get dressed because apparently that's optional, <laughs> which I didn't realise until like, now. I was wearing a top. Oh my Clothes god! Optional. <laughs> For all you know, I was butt naked from the waist true. down. That is true. I don't edit that podcast, so I won't be checking the video feed. <laughs> 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 <laughs>